It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on 3 show. It's first and 10 coming at you first thing in the morning with a 10-minute recap of what's going on with Alabama right now. Now, today's show, it's going to be fantastic. Later on today, Jimmy and I are going to be recording an episode of the Bama on 3 show, a standard episode, where we're going to be diving into the Ole Miss game and you know, sort of uh, analyzing it a little bit further than I'm about to do right now. But for at least this you know, uh, first first and 10 of the week, I wanted to talk about what happened on Saturday and during that 42-21 victory for Alabama. Um, there will be a time to move and look forward to Texas a and i I'm sure Alabama's already moved on. That's their job. For me, I want to recap a little bit and, and talk about what went on, and that's going to include me going over who my players of the game for Alabama Ole Miss should be and, you know, the coaching staff, they're going to name their players of the week. That's going to come out at some point today, probably right before the press conferences uh, that start at noon with Nick Saban and a couple of players. We'll have to see how much of what the coaching staff views as the players of the week align with what I believe should be the guys. Um, but we'll have a couple on offense. We'll have a couple on defense by a couple. I mean, you know, more three than two, to be quite honest with you, because there's a lot of good to take away from this game. There's a lot of guys to acknowledge. And so I want certainly want to do that. So we'll go ahead and dive right in. The first guy on the list for me is pretty simple. It's Brian Robinson Jr. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who was a critical piece to what Alabama wanted to do offensively against Ole Miss. You know, because the Rebels go with that three two six defensive alignment, that provides a lot of opportunities to run the football. And so far this season, not many, in fact, none of Ole Miss's opponents have had the kind of running game to be able to what you would call run them out of that three two six alignment. Now, granted, at no point during the Alabama Ole Miss game did Ole Miss get out of that front. They didn't add a fourth man to try to help stop the run. They did a couple of things, um, brought some off ball linebackers up to the line of scrimmage, and you know had some blitzes, some off ball blitzes, and different things like that to try to compensate. But it's just you know when you've got three defensive linemen uh, with their hands on in the dirt and only three guys on the line of scrimmage, teams are going to be able to run the football on you, and that's something that Georgia also proved against Arkansas's very similar defensive alignment but what Brian Robinson's junior job was on Saturday was to make Ole Miss pay for having the style of defense that they do and he certainly accomplished that 36 carries 174 yards or 171 yards excuse me and four touchdowns he was an absolute hammer and you know like I said Ole Miss never really got out of that 3-2-6 look and Brian Robinson Jr. made him pay for it um you know when you have that kind of defensive alignment, it's going to take away your ability to throw the football, whether it be short to intermediate stuff, whether you're trying to go deep. Um, you know, it's just it's going to make life on opposing quarterbacks fairly difficult. And that's why you didn't see any sort of huge numbers from Bryce Young. I made the crucial mistake during my bold prediction segment or article last week leading up to the Alabama Ole Miss game of saying, 
that I think that Bryce Young is going to be able to potentially break uh, break some career highs as far as passing touchdowns. I thought he you know, could maybe even get up there in the four to five range with maybe a rushing touchdown as well. I thought that Alabama would have the success that they did on the ground early, and I thought that Ole Miss would make some adjustments and maybe try to start looking to get away from that 3-2-6 in order to compensate. And if they would have been able to do that, or if they would have been willing to do that, that would have provided a lot more opportunities for Bryce Young. But as we saw, it didn't work out that way. Ole Miss stayed true to who they are. That's fine in certain situations. That's beneficial. But if you're going to have that style of defense – uh, then you need to have an offense that's putting up points and making opposing offenses throw the football and try to play keep up. Ole Miss was not able to do that offensively. They did have some early success in that first drive. They did convert a couple of fourth downs. But from there, um, they had very little success until very late in the game. And so Alabama controlled clock on offense. They they uh, grinded you know, long drives. They gave their defense tons of rest. And the defense did its job when it was on the field. And, and one of the big reasons they were able to do that was Brian Robinson Jr. Like I said, huge game. I mean, you're approaching 40 carries. That's substantial. It is very unfortunate news about Jace McClellan. I feel like if he doesn't get hurt, we're talking about him in a very similar fashion to Brian Robinson Jr. today. But, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be out with that knee injury. Alabama's going to have to rely heavily on Roydell Williams and potentially Trey Sanders. Um, you know, moving forward, you might have Kamar Wheaton coming back at some point, but Alabama's starting to get a little bit thin. You know, Trey Sanders, we don't know really know where he's at from a health standpoint. We don't know where Kamar Wheaton's at from a health standpoint. Now you got Jace McClellan, who's probably going to be out for a significant period of time, if not for the rest of the season. And we just don't know that yet. We'll know more later today uh, on his status, but it's whatever it is, it's probably not good. And so Alabama's starting to get, you know, fairly thin at the running back position, and that's going to be something that we need to talk about and monitor moving forward. But for now, as long as guys can stay healthy, I think Roydell Williams acting in that number two role, I think having Trey Sanders as a guy who can at least get some carries if you need him to, and then having Brian Robinson Jr., um, you know, doing the kind of things that he's capable of doing, which is running very hard. He's a, a fairly good receiver out of the backfield. But you're not going to see the kind of stat line often from him that you saw on Saturday and that's just because game script provided it you know it was kind of killing two birds with one stone by allowing him to go out there and and get close to 40 carries and that's because of Ole Miss's defensive alignment and the fact that you know them playing it that way provided plenty of opportunities for the run game to have success and then also it kept that Ole Miss offense off the field as much as possible so it was it was killing two birds with one stone there and Alabama ran this game script to perfection uh, this was kind of an old school look, you know, play great defense, which we saw, and then, you know, have a dominant run game that can control clock, take a lot of minutes when they need to, give their defenses playing great football, plenty of rest to make sure they stay fresh. And it was just the perfect combination. So give them credit for that. But this is not going to be the kind of look that you're going to see each and every week. It was just something for Ole Miss specifically. You might see it later on when they play in Arkansas. Uh, much in the same way that Georgia made Arkansas pay for having that 3-2-6 alignment uh, with a dominant ground game. You might see Alabama take a similar approach, but outside of that, you're going to see probably a lot more Bryce Young than you saw on Saturday. But either way, great job by Brian Robinson Jr. for having the type of performance that he did. Uh, Next on the list for me. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I kind of made it a combination, uh, and that's Jaleel Billingsley and Cameron Latou. Once again, uh, Billingsley caught four of, of his six targets, which six targets actually tied for a team lead. He only turned that into 47 yards, but he had a couple of very important catches over the course of the game. They were chain movers. They came at crucial times, so give him a lot of credit. I thought Cameron Latou did a fairly good job being a run blocker, maybe not as, as well as we've seen in other games, but he was still effective in that area, and he made his one catch count, which was a three-yard touchdown from Bryce Young, one of only two from Bryce Young um, on the night, and it was you know his fifth of the season. You know he's now got five. He's currently leading the team in touchdown receptions. So even though there was only five catches between those two and only went for fifty yards, they were all very important catches. So you have to give them credit. Next on the list. Uh, I thought the left side of the offensive line, and I'm going to do another combo. I'm going to cheat yet again, and that's the left side of the offensive line. Evan Neal and JVN Cohen, I thought those two guys absolutely mauled folks. And, you know, one of those four rushing touchdowns in particular, one of the goal line carries for uh, Brian Robinson, both of those two guys just absolutely manhandled the guy the guy lined up across from them and helped create, you know, an easy score for for B-Rob. So, Got to give them a shout-out. I thought that was a great performance. That's, that's something that we've come to expect from Evan Neal. But for JVN Cohen, who has you know, seen his ups and downs this uh, so far this season, I thought it was a great performance from him. It went perfect, but he's definitely heading in the right direction. And that left side of the offensive line is going to be a huge problem for opposing defenses uh, as this season continues to progress. And I thought the offensive line in general – you know, played very well. I don't want to take away necessarily from what, you know, the center to the right tackle did. I thought everybody across the board was pretty good, but I just wanted to point out those two guys because I thought they looked the best. Now let's switch to the defensive side of the football. And the first guy you're going to mention, obviously, is going to be Will Anderson Jr. I mean, he was just (laughs) across the board, absolutely dominant. You know, just like we've come to expect, it's kind of like with Evan Neal on offense. It's almost like when you start naming these players of the week, it's it's kind of like the the bias against Nick Saban being coach of the year. It's like for Evan Neal, you know, you can make him a player of the week almost every week. You know, Will Anderson Jr., you can make him a player of the week pretty much every week. But he had such a huge impact um, on – Old Miss's, you know, very limited offensive day. You know, 21 points, 291 total yards on the day. Will Anderson Jr., nine tackles, two and a half of those for a loss. Had the sack, and then he had two more quarterback hurries. Just absolutely dominant. You know, 33 tackles on the year, 11 tackles for loss, three sacks, 15 quarterback hurries, and then two quarterback hits. The guy's leading the nation in several statistical categories, including tackles for loss with 11. 11 through you know, five games, that's fantastic. Uh, averaging over two per game, um, you know, that's just something he's on pace to shatter anything that we've seen from a tackles for loss perspective from an Alabama defensive player during the Nick Saban era. So that's pretty special. And, you know, Lane Kiffin even had to bring up how dominant was uh, Will Anderson Jr. was. Uh, he actually said that he should go ahead and leave and go be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Now, don't worry. Breathe, Alabama fans. Will Anderson Jr. is not eligible to leave for the NFL just yet. He's only a sophomore, but Lane Kiffin's got a great point. You know, he he feels like that 
Will Anderson Jr. is talented enough to go be the number one pick in the draft right now. And I completely agree with him, and I'm sure you guys do too. But it's not just what he's providing. You know, first of all, he's getting a great complimentary look from Drew Sanders on the other side, which is someone else that I at least, you know, didn't make player of the week for me. He probably should now that I think about it. But when you start allowing, you know, I could have mentioned Jordan Battle. I could have mentioned there are so many players that I could have included. And I tried to limit it and I cheated on offense, but I at least tried to keep it to individual players on defense. But Drew Sanders was fantastic as well. Um, He continues to make splash plays, continues to be one of the biggest hustling, hustler players on the defensive side of the football for Alabama. Give him a ton of credit for, you know, how he's continued to progress and how he's been able to help Alabama's defense. Definitely want to acknowledge him, but not only is Will Anderson Jr. getting help on the the opposite side, on the edge, he's getting a a lot of help from the interior as well, at least from one particular player, and that's Fedarian Mathis. You know, he only played 23 snaps, 23 of a possible 69 snaps. He still managed to get another sack, plus he had another quarterback hurry. He's had at least half a sack in four out of the team's five games so far this year. He's got three and a half sacks on the season. That leads the team. But he's also got two quarterback hits and four quarterback hurries. So, you know, on that strip sack that he had against Matt Corral on Saturday, which was uh, it came at a crucial point in the game, um, Alabama had established the lead, but just the timing of it, continuing to show that uh, that defensive dominance. But you know, it was a twist that sent you know uh, Fedarian Mathis to the outside, and he man, he looked like Will Anderson Jr. bending off the edge. You know, despite being a big-bodied six-four. 312-pound defensive lineman, showed excellent bend, was able to get to the quarterback, and not only did he get there, he was able to force a fumble, which Alabama recovered and gave them yet again a great field position without the help of Lane Kiffin, of course. And then the final guy for me is going to have to be Henry Tootoo. He played all 69 of the defensive snaps and I thought he was a, a completely different player than we've seen in the previous two weeks. Now, granted, Nick Saban did you know, hint at the fact that he had been un- feeling under the weather against Florida, which made a lot of sense based off of his performance, and maybe that, you know, whatever it was that he was dealing with, maybe that carried over to the Southern Miss game. What it did not do is, is uh, you know, carry over to the Ole Miss game because we saw the, the guy that Alabama coveted during the offseason, which was an off-ball linebacker, who could come in and be a great communicator, have guys lined up where they need to be lined up, and then still continue to be an effective player themselves. That's exactly what they got from Henry Tootoo. Was second on the team in tackles with 10. Also had a tackle for loss and had a quarterback hurry as well. There are still some issues with his tackling. I really would like to see him continue to try to work and clean that up. You're going to miss tackles from time to time. Offensive skill players are going to make good plays. That's, you know, inevitable. I just think it's happening at too high of a rate for uh, Toe Toe right now. So I would really like to see him continue to try to work and clean that up a little bit. But he was seeing things a lot better. He was acting as a true field general for the defense um, and was, you know, like I said, getting guys lined up, being a great communicator, and was able to make a lot of just very impressive plays, especially against the run. So those are my players of the week. Just to recap for you guys, Brian Robinson Jr. on offense, Jalil Billingsley and Cameron Latou at tight end. I cheated there. You got Evan Neal and, and JVN Cohen on uh, the entire left side of the offensive line. And then defensively, Will Anderson Jr., Fedarian Mathis, and Henry Tooto. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the Bama on three show first and 10. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Like I said, Jimmy and I will be doing a much more in-depth look at the Alabama Ole Miss game. And then we'll start turning our attention later this week 
towards the Texas A&M game this upcoming weekend. We're certainly looking forward to that. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Once again, this is Clint Lamb with the Bama on 3 show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.